welcome to the Renew Your Mind podcast. I am your host, Kieran Lenahan. I'm a business coach, and I help faith-driven entrepreneurs grow their external business results, so bring in more clients, more revenue, work fewer hours, and I help them improve their internal experience, their emotional experience of entrepreneurship. I like to think of it as a tree. The external results are the part of the tree that's above the ground, the fruit, the things that you can observe and see. And then the roots are the below the surface results, the internal results, your emotional experience of entrepreneurship, how you actually feel day to day, the joy and love and peace that you actually feel in your entrepreneurial walk and your walk with Jesus. Today, what I want to talk about is identity and even more specific than just identity. I want to talk about two really simple and powerful phrases that have very, very personally been integral in my personal growth, not just as an entrepreneur, but honestly in every area of my life. And if you've listened to the podcast for a while, a lot of my favorite concepts and principles and phrases and and practices, the things that I tend to bring here are the ones that are simple, that are memorable, and they are practical. They're immediately actionable. And so they don't require a doctorate degree to figure out how to apply it to your context, your life, your business. And so what we're going to talk about today is something that you can literally start doing the second you finish this episode, and you can start seeing the benefits of it in really every area of your life. Now, if you were at the goal-setting workshop that I ran at the end of December, you'll remember that I taught that no amount of willpower will ever overcome identity over the long haul. And by that, I mean, you can want to change more badly than anybody else, But if your identity, who you believe yourself to be, is fundamentally in conflict with that change that you're trying to make, whatever change you're pursuing is not going to be sustainable. And this is why, for example, you see people lose 50 pounds and get down to their goal weight, and then they'll end up right back where they started maybe a month or two later. Or people earn a certain income in their business one year, and then they revert back to previous levels of revenue, or people do a really good job not being distracted for two weeks straight, first two weeks of January, and then they end up getting sucked right back into distraction in January and February and beyond. And it's likely because they didn't have an identity, a sense of self conducive to actually supporting the new behavior and integrating it as just normal, as their equilibrium, as their status quo. It was likely still seen in their mind as a new behavior that they're trying out as opposed to this is the way that I do things now. This is actually just aligned with who I am. And so the phrases that I want to talk about are really one idea, but you can think about them as two different sides of the same coin because they're they're very similar, very much related. So let me give you the phrases. Then I want to share the context for why I want to talk about this and we'll dive into the rest of the episodes. So just so I don't keep you waiting any longer, here are the phrases, really simple, and they'll make more sense as I explain them. The first phrase is, that's not you. And conversely, the second phrase on the other side of that coin is, that's you. Now, before diving in and talking about how to use those phrases, how it can be helpful for you, I just want to share a brief context for why we're talking about this. Because I I debated using an entire episode to really dive into this, especially because back in episodes five and six, I talk about identity at length. And so what I'm what I'm going to do is I'm not going to repeat much of what I covered in episodes five and six because they're already there. I recommend you go listen to them, 
especially if you haven't listened to them within the past, call it six months. In those episodes, we talked about the primary question, who are you becoming? And we covered uh, how do you answer that question? How do you invite God into that process? And we covered why most New Year's resolutions fail and how willpower is just not an effective way to start a new habit, to break an old one, to make changes in your life. Willpower is just not a reliable source. It fluctuates, goes up and down. So definitely go listen to those if you haven't done that. The other episode related to what we're going to talk about today is episode 26, where we discussed the distinction between your strongest desires versus your deepest desires. And so definitely, again, listen to that if you haven't listened to it recently. Those are going to be really core and foundational episodes just on the topic of identity. But why I wanted to specifically address this here and now is because we just entered a new year. The buzz is, you can you can feel it, it's kind of starting to fade a little bit from New Year's resolutions and goals and just the energy and excitement of a new calendar year. But my guess is that you are still probably actively working on making some changes to how you show up in your business every day, maybe your daily routine, maybe things related to your nutrition, physical fitness, your marriage, relationships, whatever it is. I want you to have this tool that we're going to talk about today to navigate, especially this early part of the year, which we know 80% of New Year's resolutions, goals, things like that don't make it into February or don't make it past February. And so I definitely want for you to have in this early part of the year, but even more importantly, I just want you to have these phrases to use the rest of this year and honestly, the rest of your life. I don't even know where I picked these up. Maybe it was subconsciously from reading something or I don't know if I came up with it, but they have just been so personally helpful for a lot of the changes that I've experienced over the past handful of years. And so here's our roadmap for today. I want to start with scripture. I want to briefly talk about distinguishing between who you are versus the patterns that you've had. And then we're going to talk about the two phrases that I mentioned earlier. That's not you. And that's you and how to use them in your day-to-day. And that's it. So scripture, distinguishing between who you are versus the patterns that you've had, and then talking about how to use those two phrases to help you in this early stage of the year and beyond. So let's start with scripture. All throughout the New Testament in particular, Jesus and Paul talk about this distinction between the old self and the new self, or it could also be said the, the false self and the true self. And so I want to just touch on three passages. The first one's short, the second two are a little bit longer, that use this language. And then I'll just draw a really brief lesson. There's going to be a lot that we can pull from this, but we're just going to focus for today on something quite simple to pull from this. So here are the three parts of scripture. First comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The second one is from Colossians chapter 3. Again, Paul says, You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. 
And then lastly, Paul in Ephesians chapter four is talking about a distinction between people who don't follow Jesus and people who have put their faith in Jesus. And he says that, speaking of those who don't follow Jesus, that, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There's so much that we can say about this idea, but we're, we're really, we're just following one tiny little thread, one tiny little conclusion that we can draw from this and principle that we can take and apply to our businesses and to the changes that you all are making, especially this time of year. So let's keep it simple. What I want to draw from this is just this idea that there is a false self and there is a true self. There is an old self and there is a new self. And when we confuse the two, when we mistakenly look at the false self and believe, oh, that's me, that's who I am, we run into a lot of issues. And in context, this is essentially what's happening when Paul is writing to these churches. He's saying, we want to make sure that the the true you, the new selves that God is transforming you into through his spirit that that's who you're actually, that's what you're living out. That's actually what you're doing in practice. Paul is helping them distinguish between what is the false self and what is the true self. In the book, uh, Live No Lies by John Mark Comer, which if you haven't read it, highly recommend it. He talks about this idea of truth versus lies using the language of a map. And so the way I want to explain it, let's say that you're in New York City and you've never been there before, and you're trying to navigate your way through the city. And so you have you, and then there's somebody else standing right next to you. They're doing the same thing. You don't know them. And you have an accurate map of the subway system. The other person also has a map of the subway system, but it is not accurate. It actually does not align at all with reality. Who do you think is going to flourish and their ability to navigate the reality of New York City. It's going to be you, because you have an accurate map. You have a map that truly reflects reality. Your map is true. It's a true representation of New York City and of reality. And so what's the point? The point is that you need to have an accurate map of who your true self is versus who your false self is. Otherwise, you're going to have all of these dreams and goals and resolutions for the future, but underneath, you're going to have a self-concept that is misaligned with those things, aka your map of reality will be wrong. It will be inaccurate, and that will lead to all kinds of problems. It would be like navigating New York City with a fake map. You'll get lost. You'll get frustrated. Things are going to take a lot longer to figure out, and you're going to wonder why, all because You think you have an accurate map of reality. You think you know what the true self is and you're operating based on that lie, but you don't. You're actually telling yourself that certain things about yourself are true that aren't actually true. And that's what we're fundamentally talking about today. So let me share the key takeaway that I want you to take with you from this episode. 
And it's related to distinguishing between true self and false self. And then we're going to wrap up with, okay, how do the phrases that I mentioned, how can they help? So here it is. Here's the main takeaway. You are not your thoughts. You are not your feelings. You are not your patterns of behavior. You are not your tendencies or what you've done consistently in the past. I'll say it again. You are not your thoughts. You are not your feelings. You're not your patterns, tendencies, or what you have done consistently in the past. Actually, I want for you, if you can, to repeat this after me, and you can say it out loud. I am not my thoughts. I am not my feelings. I am not my patterns. I am not my tendencies. I am not my past. Any voice that's telling you that you are any of those things, that those things fundamentally define you and who you are as a human being, any voice telling you that is coming from the enemy. Those are lies. And so maybe you've shown tendencies of being a perfectionist in the past, but you are not a perfectionist. That's not you. Stop claiming that as part of your identity. Maybe you've worried a lot in the past for decades. Maybe that's been your primary negative emotion, but that's not you. Don't claim that as part of your identity and who you are. Maybe you've made some lazy decisions in your business. You are not a lazy person. That's not you. Don't claim that as part of your identity. Maybe you've struggled to take vacations as an entrepreneur, to take time off. Maybe you feel like you can't take a break, and when you do, it feels horrible. That's not you. Don't claim that as part of your identity. As a coach, as somebody who's, I've trained my brain to literally listen for these types of phrases, I have become allergic to phrases like, well, you know, I'm just a worrier. I'm just stressed all the time. Oh, that's just who I am. When I hear that stuff, whether it's with a coaching client or whether it's just with a conversation I'm having at a family party, bells ring in my head, flags go up, and I have a visceral reaction to it. Because the reality is when people say things like that, whatever they fill in that blank with after I am is very often a lie that is holding people captive. It's very often a stronghold. And I'm just like, hold on. Maybe you've been wearing that shirt for a long time and you feel like that's a part of who you are, but that's a shirt. You can change your shirt. You can take that one off and you can put on a new one. And so maybe there are patterns. Maybe you have a bunch of evidence of that's how you did things in the past, but that's not who you are. Those things are not attached to you. Think about those behavior patterns, those thoughts and those feelings. Think about them more like clothes than your actual physical body. You can take them off and you can put on new ones. I love the language that Paul uses with putting off the old self and putting on the new self, like a change of clothing, because actually those old clothes that you thought were part of your body were actually just clothes. And the whole premise of Christianity, this whole idea of rebirth, of being born again, as Jesus puts it, is that who you were in the past actually was a false self. That is not actually who you are. Your future is not limited by your past. And at a practical level, just at a very practical level, this is how identity works. 
If you are to believe those lies, that will make it like trying to walk through quicksand, trying to take an action that is contradictory to those lies, right? Do you believe that you're a perfectionist? Well, that's probably not going to help your goal of producing more content or increasing your capacity to take on clients because you're working more efficiently. Do you believe that you are a worrier? That's not going to help you decrease your stress and improve your health and your sleep. Do you believe that you're just a lazy person? How do you think that's going to go as you try to maintain a solid work ethic consistently? Do you believe that you're somebody who just can't focus? Good luck trying to work without distractions. Do you think you're just somebody who can't take a rest? You're just one of those people who just has to be moving all the time. Good luck experiencing the rest that God has on offer during a Sabbath. Back to the examples at the beginning of the episode. Until you see yourself as somebody who is a healthy person and eating nutritious foods becomes just part of who you are, until that becomes normal and not just a thing you're trying this month, it will feel like you're on a diet with a start and stop period. Going on a diet is just a behavior change externally. It's not a shift in identity. Don't rely on willpower to stick to a diet. And again, I'm using diet here, but we can apply this to a million different things. If your goal is to get healthier, you probably don't want to diet. You probably want to become a healthier person, right? Because a person who sees themselves as someone who cares about their health is going to make different choices than someone who sees themselves as a yo-yo dieter who is trying to make better decisions. There's a distinction there. Until you see deep, focused, undistracted work as your default, until that becomes part of your lowercase identity, who you are, how you see yourself, it's gonna feel like an uphill battle to block out distractions. Don't use willpower to try to not grab your phone or not scroll on Instagram. It doesn't work, trust me. If you wanna focus, You don't want stronger willpower. You don't need a stronger willpower muscle. You want to grow in your identity as a focused entrepreneur because a person whose default is focused work, they put their phone in a different room while they work. A person who sees themselves as someone who does undistracted work is going to make different choices than someone who believes and sees themselves as an unfocused person that's just trying really hard to focus. Those are two different things. A smoker trying to quit has a harder time quitter than someone who no longer identifies as a smoker. And so maybe you're like, okay, Kieran, I get the point. Identity is important. I have to change how I see myself, how I talk to myself. If I want to make changes and make those changes become my new default, my new way of doing things and being and operating as an entrepreneur, how, how do I do this? And this is where I want to review just one of the concepts that we talked about back in episodes five and six very briefly. And then we're going to add in, okay, how do our phrases tack onto that? How do our phrases that we mentioned earlier, that's you, that's not you, how does that help us out? And so here's the concept that we did talk about in episodes five and six. In the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, again, another book I highly recommend, he outlines a two-step process. I love two-step processes way better than three and four and seven step processes. He outlines a two-step process for changing the way that you see yourself, the way that you think about yourself, your self-concept. And here's what he says. Step one, decide who you are becoming. And step two, show yourself evidence that that's who you already are. 
And he says that you do that in two ways. First, you look back to the past for evidence that you already have, that that's who you already are. And then you look more forward to the future and in the present to create evidence that shows that that's who you already are. And now back in episodes five and six, we did talk about, again, the step one, decide who you are becoming. That is not just a you go and do that on your own. And it's also not a God does all of that for you. There is a you plus God formula there. It's a partnership. He didn't, when you were born, just hand you an owner's manual and say, okay, here's your true self. Now go be it. There's a little bit of a discernment process involved. There's a little bit of freedom that he gives you and context based on the time you were born into, the family you were born into, the vocation, the calling that he's put on your life. And so there is nuance there to work through, but you need to define and very clearly identify, well, who is it that you are becoming? Who is your true self? And then that step two of showing evidence, that's what I want for you to use these two phrases for. So let's talk about how to do that. And in particular, what these phrases can help us do is that second part of step two of creating new evidence that shows that this is who you are. And so whatever your goals are for this year, whatever habits you're in the midst of trying to form, whatever changes you're trying to make, whenever you create new evidence that you already are that person that you're becoming, that you're actually doing the new habit, that you're actually showing up the way that you set out to intentionally, that's when you say, there he is, that's you, that's you. Every time you snooze it, use the opposite side of that coin. Ah, that's not you. Every time you knock out the one most important thing for the day before you check your email, there he is, that's Kieran, that's you. Every time you open your email before planning the day, oof, all right, that's not you, next one. Every time you get sucked into the scroll on social media, ah, that's not you, next time. Every time you go the whole work day without doom scrolling, there he is, that's you, there you go. Every time you do what you say you're gonna do, that's you. When you don't, that's not you. Every time you're doing a minute of plank and you stop at 50 seconds, that's not you. Every time you finish a set strong, there you are, that's you. Every time you turn your mind to God instead of distracting yourself on your phone, that's you, that's the real you, that's true you. Every time you groan when your spouse asks you to get something from downstairs after you've already gotten in bed, that's not you. Every time you do it out of sacrificial love without the groaning, there you are, that's you, that's the husband that you are. Every time you make a decision in alignment with your true self, reinforce it. There you are, there I am, that's you, that's Kieran. Every time you don't, you say it, that's not you. And what that does is it creates a separation, a separation between the action that you took or the inaction, the thing where you fell short, where you made a mistake, where you did not live into your true self. It creates a separation and it points out that's not you. That's just a thing that you did. That's not you. That's just a shirt. And if you think about it, this is precisely the opposite of what the enemy is doing. When you follow through and you act in alignment with your true self, the enemy is trying to tell you, oh no, that's not you. You got lucky. That was a fluke. That's not going to stick around. That's not going to be something you do consistently. And on the other hand, when you fall short, He's going to be pointing the finger and saying, there he is, there she is, 
That's the real you. That's the true you. And so using these phrases to reinforce what's true about you and to call out when something is not you that you did, you are reinforcing, you are in alignment with the truth of who God says you are, and you are actively fighting and waging war against what the enemy is trying to do and how he is trying to use your day-to-day circumstances to attack you and attack your identity. And so this is such a simple phrase, but it is so, so powerful because it is engaging in warfare at the tiniest little points, the tiniest little decisions of your day, every day, day in and day out. There's a reason why the book is called Atomic Habits. And then there's another book by BJ Fogg about habits called Tiny Habits. These are the tiny moments that we win spiritual warfare is when we engage in this way and we call out the lies and we reinforce the truth. John Tyson, who's a pastor in New York City and who writes a lot about spiritual formation, referenced Atomic Habits uh, about a week or two ago in an email. And this is what he said. He said, in his book, Atomic Habits, one of the most contrarian pieces of advice that James Clear gives is about focusing on small habits for the long haul, not seeking massive change in the moment. And then he goes on to say, it turns out that over the course of the year, the almost imperceptible is stronger than the heroically unsustainable. What I love about these phrases is beyond the fact that they're simple and memorable and practical, they make room for your humanity. It makes room for mistakes, for missing a day at the gym, for missing a day of creating content, for a month where you don't hit your revenue goal. And what it does is it takes even the times that you fall short and it turns it into an opportunity to reinforce the truth of who you are and who you're becoming. I want to wrap up with this. Identity is the heart change that's underneath behavior change. And so start at the roots. Define with God, in partnership with God, who the true you is and who he's molding you into. And then create a bunch of evidence that you are the true you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, use these two phrases in the everyday moments of your life. There he is. There she is. That's like me. That's you. Or when you fall short, that's not you. That's all for today. Links to book a discovery call if you're interested in working together are in the show notes. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you next time on the Renew Your Mind podcast. (laughs) 